1: Welcome, everybody. Okay, we're going to be talking today about a very, this is a very complex topic, but it's actually, uh, there. Are th- all of the topic I've encompassed in the, in the title is really about finding meaning and finding power in your life. And so what we're going to discuss is magical thinking, extrasensory perception, which is ESP, and God. And, uh, you know, when we look at the whole perspective about uh, magical thinking and extrasensory perception, it, it's really in a sense, uh, people are trying to find something greater for themselves. If you remember as a child, um you would often exaggerate and uh, and project a different truth. I remember I just just yesterday, my five year old was talking about a frog that we had uh, caught at a nursery, and basically we put him in the garden. And then my son started telling stories about how long his tongue went and, and how many flies he caught and all that stuff when it was just a frog. And, and it really wasn't uh, doing any of that. But, but in a sense, you know, that's, that trying to make more of a truth or more of something is a tendency to, to where this kind of stuff falls in. You know, magical thinking is defined as, as like you're believing that one event happens as a result of another without a plausible reason. So, for example, you, you get up on the left side of the bed today, therefore, it's going to rain. You know, the the problem with the definition is that it, 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 it exactly what it constitutes, a plausible link of causation, and it can be difficult to pin it down. You know, if we were to take this uh, phrase to its logical extreme, and that's what I mean, that the a plausible link of causation, we'd have to consider a belief in anything that hasn't been scientifically proven to represent magical thinking. And on the other hand, um, uh, rejecting the use of any and all criteria with which to judge cause and effect it leaves us vulnerable to to actually believing that anything can cause anything or even worse that the effect can occur without a cause at all so perhaps then a more uh, nuanced uh, definition of magical thinking would be something like believing in things more strongly than either evidence or experience justifies you know uh Look, you know, I could prove that the sun will rise in the east tomorrow because it has every day since at least I've been alive. But a belief like that couldn't uh, then be said to represent magical thinking. But because every person who's ever jumped off a building or a bridge has gone down and not up, believing that flapping my arms hot enough uh, w- would enable me to float in the sky certainly would. So that's magical thinking. You know so the, the problems with the definition is, is, is there. For one thing, uh, simply in order to live, we have to believe things without proof. And if we refuse to believe what our doctors, our plumbers, our electricians, our barbers, nannies told us, without first being shown in, in convertible evidence, our lives would become it, it, they'd stop. And so uh, for another thing, some questions we uh, want to get an answer for, but they aren't necessarily provable or disapprovable. you know so you know there was an estimate that about ninety percent of the American people believe in God, yet no evidence for God's existence has ever been demonstrated scientifically. but however, if you look at the miracles in people's lives, if you look not not just the miracles, the the, the great events that happen without full control of you and your actions, where God where God has actually stepped in and made something happen that you couldn't have never made happen in yourself. And the more and the older you get and the more you have experiences that are just incredible, where things come together for you that, that you had no idea was even possible, that's where uh, you see God in your life. And it's tangible and it's in a real way and so um you know people that have a dialogue with god uh basically are are looking uh in a sense to have a uh, an answer given from a good perspective outside of themselves. And, and people that believe in God have lower anxiety and lower depression because they're able to give their problems to God, able to give their flaws to God. So, I'm not going to go on a preachy preachy thing, but I'm trying to give you an idea uh, of, of where this all comes from. Now, um, I, th- there are exists a world of difference between a thought process that leads you to conclude it will rain today because you awoke on the left side of your bed, and a thought process that leads you to conclude life is eternal because you've had a vivid memory of a past life which, by the way, I'm not arguing would necessarily convince me. I don't actually know what would convince me, but you could certainly question the validity of such a memory or even the sanity of a person. But unlike uh, with the first example, not the thought process that created the belief. So, we can't escape the, the um, subjectivity in which we experience and interpret objectionable or objective events. The best we can do is question the criteria we use to decide uh, if something's true. So, I suppose, then, what I'm ultimately arguing for is a constant, well-balanced degree of of healthy uh, skepticism about everything. Why should we avoid magical thinking? Well, you know, Clear and sophisticated thinkers remain consistently wary of influences that put them at risk for magical thinking. You know, always you need to be cognizant that why they believe what they do is influenced by so many things outside of just reason. And and many people uh, believe what their parents taught them from an early age, or what they want to believe is true, or what their experience suggests should be true. And so, improving the, the 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 um, I guess the criteria uh, to judge the truth of things is, is really difficult, but because we believe ultimately uh, what we believe determines how happy we're capable of being, we really must constantly try. And after all, the risk of indulging in magi- magical thinking is very, very, very serious. And so, um, you know, it's important to, to make uh, the necessary effort to, ch- to achieve the goals of uh, for example, the power of attraction is is, uh, is popularized by the book The Secret, and when we're at the risk of believing all that we have to do is to put out enough visualization of what we want, wait for it to come to us. Unfortunately, we may find ourselves waiting for a long time, but how often do you find yourself hoping for something to happen when you should be doing something to make it happen? You know, making bad choices. Um that, is a, that can be a, a bad thing when we just take into account our own opinions and our own thing. But magical thinking, uh, really, it's, it's a subtle obstacle to making good decisions. But the more we observe ourselves, the more we can reduce our tendency to indulge in it. So, want to, if you have a lot of magical thinking in your life, consciously identify what are your beliefs and your biases and write them down. Try to identify their cause. Work to, to, to free yourself from them for the best of your ability. M- demand proof when the proof seems demonstrable. Try to remain in- intellectually agnostic to what hasn't been proven or isn't proven, even if you find yourself emotionally inclined to believe it. So so this is where it all comes from. A lot of the, the mystification and the magical thinking comes from a desire, an emotional desire to have something uh, be an outcome that you want to happen. And uh, and by the way, this kind of stuff takes fire with groupthink. A lot of cults will use magical thinking to project the end of the world, to project their truths. And, and so people tend to believe if they've seen things come through uh, where someone said, okay, I got up on the left side of bed and it rained that day, oh, magical thinking, you know, the, the Tribes, Indians, uh, 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 Indian tribes often believed in magical thinking. Amazon tribes certainly believed uh, in magical thinking. The Mayans. Uh, so there's magical thinking involved in a lot of things that requires a sense of faith. And that plays into, once again, the religious context and the meaning context that I was looking for and the ESP context. So, once again, they all carry a uh, a common theme. So, we all tend to cling not only to the things that we believe, but the reasoning that leads us to believe them. Despite our efforts, you know, you may not have been able to break through uh, magical thinking, but, you know… If you continue to do what you've done and and try to manifest wisdom to somehow find a way to succeed at what your magical thinking uh, is desiring, having proven yourself many times over that it's not going to give you the conclusion that you're looking for, that it's a very inconsistent process, um, you know, you can end up finding yourself making a uh, lots of mistakes. You know, somebody may uh, say, okay, I'm going to invest in something. And it's going to make me a million dollars. And so they invest in it and they invest a lot of money in it thinking that it's going to be this wonderful outcome. But what it is is oftentimes what a salesperson or somebody who sold that, that, that stock uh, basically blowing it up into something that it wasn't. So – you know, there's a lot of studies that show that people who think more intuitively are more susceptible to magical thinking. You know, your intuition, thats that's been proposed as a foundation for also religious thought and uh, mind-body dualism and the idea that the mind can exist independent of the body. And so, um, you know, it allows for basically souls, ghosts, spirits, gods, all made uh, of, of disembodied mind thinking. And so explanations for dualism include the belief in free will and the mutual inhibition of the brain areas responsible for pondering feelings and physics. So, you know, the psychological process that's related to mysticism uh, is the tendency to uh, to apply you know human human traits to non-human entities and concepts and so, uh, God or the universe is hearing your prayers. Your laptop is meant to crash during your presentation. Your dog understands you. Uh, these are, these uh, can be motivated by loneliness or the need to predict and control your environment. But it's, it's, a, por- uh, it's a form of pattern seeking in which the pattern is another coherent pattern. Mind and th- there's another process involved in magical thinking, and that's called teleological tele- reasoning. Teleological, sorry, seeing a, see, that's basically seeing a purpose, which is uh, telos in, in Greek for end in objects and events. So many things have a purpose: chairs, weddings. Uh, many don't. Uh, you know, look at the ocean or a hurricane. We sometimes feel like they do. But you know, if you're searching for purpose, it's a way to understand and ultimately control the world around us. So you know, the phenomena of, of mentalizing, the process of thinking about thoughts, it's been it's been shown that prayer activates uh, parts of the brain associated with the theory of the mind, and that people with reduced mental mentalizing capabilities, like those with autism, uh, are religious. And they think about the mind of God as if the mind's interest in you is in the first place. So, you know, the belief in God has a lot of items that are common, including I believe in God, the belief in life's purpose uh, measured by uh, things in my life happen for a reason. And for the belief of the paranormal, they use a version of paranormal belief scale that is left out of religiosity. And so, you know, I'm not. Sorry to talk against religiosity because I do believe in God. I do believe I'm a Christian and I believe in, in the Bible and I believe every word of it. And the the bottom line is it's how you view it. And uh, the context in which you read the Bible is very, very important. And the context of how you see uh, uh, God and Jesus is, is uh, incredibly important to understand Christianity's perspective. But, uh, you know, well, a lot of uh, telekinesis and tep- uh, telepathy, witchcraft, superstition, spiritualism, like out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, speaking with the dead, uh, ast- astrology, some physics. Th- this is this these all come from a part of our brain that has that dualism, and and it's a very strong predictor of supernatural beliefs. And it's the foundation of belief in God, the disembodied mind. It's also necessary for the belief in spirits, which is part of the paranormal package. And it also encourages the belief in life's purpose because people see disembodied intentionality acting everywhere because the belief in the afterlife enhances life's meaning. And so, the teleology that I was talking about before, it basically leads to a belief in life's purpose. And so, when one uh, turns the process on themselves, it may lead to the belief in God when one supposes that God, as a source of all perceived purposefulness. And I know this is a lot of gobbledygook. I know it's a lot of talk. But what I'm trying to give you is a psychological perspective, looking at these uh, these perspectives. We're going to talk about ESP, uh, uh, excuse me, yeah, ESP, extrasensory perception, in, in a second here. But uh, Basically, this is all encompassed under a, a a theory of what's called mystical thinking. And it is that imagination part of our brain, our always needing to control outcomes, our desire to uh, try to control what goes on in life, our, de- our desire to project something that we're looking for. Like if you go to a baseball game, maybe you're wanting to project that I have a feeling they're going to win. You know, that's important for us. It it makes us feel powerful. It makes us feel excited. Uh, people that uh, hedge bets in Vegas, you know, that's uh, another thing. You know, b- uh, bookies and people that make bets, they're thinking magical thinking. You know, they're hoping for the possibility, or they believe that there's gonna they're gonna win, and so that magical thinking gets very excited, especially mm. in Vegas, because they like to let you win a little bit, and then all of a sudden, boom, you lose. <laughs> so, you know. Magical thinking is a very addictive component to our brain. And a huge number of people also believe in some form of extrasensory perception, ESP, and claim to have witnessed evidence of it firsthand. But, you know, are they naive and misguided? Is it right to ignore such, you know, a a crazy claim? Or is there scientific evidence that supports? Uh, the proposed uh, ESP experiences, Uh, you know, there is a a wide body of research that may suggest ESP uh, uh, is uh, not preposterous and uh, could be something that our brain has a capacity for. You know, it's a term that is usually scoffed in my field in psychology and probably in most wider science, but, you know, an alleged paranormal or supernatural phenomenon uh, that many believe is best suited to science fiction films yet you know to the surprise of many people that teach a significant body of science evidence exists that may suggest that ESP uh, has some capacities but you know basically what it is is defined as an uh, an anomalous process and that means anomaly uh, uh, process of information or energy transfer uh, such as telepathy and it's usually unexplained and uh, and it's usually got some physical and biological mechanisms that are hooked to it so we're going to go into ESP uh, just a little bit more uh, and then we're going to go into the meaning of life come back <laughs>
0: one couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline.
1: Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back everybody. All right, we're uh talking about magical thinking, extrasensory perception, and god. And uh I'm I'm trying to give you a psychological perspective, a more uh outside looking in perspective on these. But, you know, I got to tell you I I quite frankly uh do believe the brain's capacity to see things or or feel things or experience things um that are beyond our normal perception is entirely possible, and uh, I, I think you know our brain is so capable of doing so many different things that uh, we rarely never tap into, and you know it just depends on how goal setted you are and how 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 much you really are passionate about trying to get to. Uh, discover a part of your brain that may uh, do something uh, beyond what people normally, you know, can believe. Um, you know, I'll just give you some experiences. It's very interesting. Um, my my mom and my stepdad died in a pl- plane crash in their their own private plane. And I was flying back from Boston to California and happened to be going over Albuquerque at the exact time that they were landing or trying to land in Albuquerque. And uh, he missed the runway and then tried to go over to a different runway because the runway where they were landing was uh, under construction. And uh, and so when that plane crashed, I felt something go through me. And I didn't know what it was, but I got up directly out of the seat and I don't know what happened, but and then I sat back down. I, I was kind of having a panic attack or nervousness, but I felt something, and uh, and then uh, when we, when uh, we got back the next morning is when I found out uh, that uh, they had been killed, and so the bottom line is is that was a, a experience that I could never explain, but I know happened, and so what I'm trying to say is the brain. Is capable to be connected to different types of events and different types of things. I, I know that um, I was uh, as a child. I'm, I'm just going into this just to give you a sense of, of you know, that that I too. I'm challenged by the, the idea, does the brain do this or does it not or what does it, you know, because it's all faith-based. You ha- you don't have the evidence to really explain it all. But I, I know when I was a kid, we had a house that was basically built on a Indian cemetery and uh, the Angel Indians in, in Anderson, Indiana. And what was interesting is, is that um, I was in the uh, basement, basically, which was our living room, and... Watching television, it was close to Christmas, and I'm by myself in this big old house. And this TV show, Welcome Back, Cotter, was on television. And what's interesting is, uh, I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, these two candlesticks were thrown across the room and landed against the back wall. And I'm talking 40, 50 feet. And I just sat there frozen. But what happened was, years later, I was running around that neighborhood because my mom lived near that neighborhood, and I was running around that neighborhood, and as I was jogging, I ran by that house, and I was listening to the top 40, which is the top 40 songs of that week, and guess what? The song for Welcome Back Cotter came on as I ran by the house, and that song was probably 10, 15 years old. No way it could have been in the top 40, and that just blew my mind. So what I'm saying is there's, there's things that happen in life that we really can't fully explain, but we know ourselves that we felt it or we saw it and it was very real to us. So anyway, there we go. So you know what this ESP is, It's related to some people relate it to lower IQ, poor reasoning skills. But that's inaccurate. You know, education level has been shown to be positively correlated with the belief in ESP. And and uh, those that believe in the possibility of ESP are also in good company. Uh, uh, William James, Carl Jung, Nobel Prize winner Charles Rich. Uh, and those are a few great minds that have had the belief in ESP. You know, although many feel... Uh, uh, you know paranormal and occultist suggestions like esp is, uh, is a is a strange thing but you know freud the father of psychology uh, wrote that the this uh, inclination must ultimately be overcome what we are dealing with is a, is is a question of fact and so he's saying that the skill is there the problem is there's no evidence to really truly identify what that is. So it's all just kind of in, in uh, and so what he's saying is stop looking for the facts because it's there. It is a, it's a part of our, our, our psychology and parapsychology. And so that's very interesting, very interesting thing that, that Freud actually believed in ESP. Um, you know, it's not overwhelming, but uh, I- experiments suggest that a, a small effect actually does take place. However, a small number of of papers that have been written uh, do not appear to have changed people's opinion or attracted much uh, uh, scientific attention. And so, you know, the problem is in all of these uh, uh, studies, the effect is extremely uh, difficult to replicate, parapsychology lacks a unified and valid theory to basically explain uh, the anomalies and how important are these? But you know, the science is primarily based on observation followed by explanation through a theory. And, and so, you know, parapsychology and ESP has been spoken of for almost 120 years. And so, you know, when you consider the possibility that someone has ESP, you know, Freud was correct in reminding us that the easiest explanation is not always the right one. But the truth is often not terribly simple. So, so, and that's a quote, by the way. And, and so, it's a very strong importance to remember that our thoughts on physics, biology, psychology have been way off the mark before and continue to evolve. And, and that is the biggest thing. All of our knowledge to this day is just a continuous process. And. Just because things happen, like going to the moon or discovering a cure to cancer, whatever, whatever it might be, those things are benchmarks, but the process continues. They continue, and that's what life is. It's a process. And so, what we understand about our brain and what we understand about it, its abilities is, uh, is still not very clear, And, you know, with the ESP, there's an extrasensory perception. There's four types of it. Um, Clairvoyance is one of them. And this is the capability to acquire information about a particular object, scenario, physical event, location, using extrasensory means. So, the term is a combination basically uh, from uh, French which clair, which means clear, and voyant, which means seeing. So, clairvoyants are people who allegedly have that ability. So, for about uh, 120 years, researchers have tried to conduct scientific studies on clairvoyance, and uh, one study actually (laughs) revealed a 32% success rate versus 25% chance rate. Of uh, self-reclaimed uh, clairvoyance being able to transmit one of four uh, images to a receiver, so uh, uh, who were placed in another room, deprived of any related sensation. However, succeeding stale- studies did not substantiate it and and replicate the finding, which shows that uh, that the basically the hypothesis is uh, not very valid. So sev- several several. Pre- uh, Self-proclaimed clairvoyants like Sylvia Brown, John Edwards, uh, and Rudolf Steiner uh, fall back on that original study with the 32% success rate. Then there's uh, psychokinesis. Now, there's a publisher, his name was Henry Holt, and he created the term uh, psychokinesis, and he basically set that up to describe the direct effect of the mind on a physical object or a scene without the application Of any physical energy. So the term comes from two Greek words, uh, psyche, which is breath or mind or soul or heart, and kinesis, which is movement or motion. So, uh, you know, a related purported ability is telekinesis, which literally means distant movement. So, you know, many uh, references use the terms of psychokinesis and telekinesis mm, interchangeably. Um, And then there's precognition. And that's another form of ESP. So precognition refers to the ability to achieve and perceive information about locations, uh, scenarios, events before they actually occur. Uh, Deja vu. Deja vu is a part of uh, uh, precognition or cognition in the moment where, oh, my gosh, I remember thinking this exact scenario, and the term also comes from two Latin words, a pre, which is prior to incognito, is getting to know. And, and so, you know, science has uh, uh, researched precognition and revealed the, no evidence of that phenomenon. And then there is telepathy. Now, telepathy is... A proposed ability to perform direct communication between two or more minds without the use of speech, body language, writings, or any other extra personal means. So, out of four types of extrasensory uh, uh, perception, telepathy is the most researched and popularized by the media and, and other industries. So, you know, the ability to predict the future is a skill. That that could greatly improve everyone's life. Just think of how you could bolster your financial security if you could tell what the stock market will be doing tomorrow or what the winning lottery ticket number will be. And if you're a student, your grades in school could be boosted immeasurably by seeing into the future and knowing what will be your next test And, and knowing what lies ahead in the future could also save your life. So, if you knew that a large truck would be veering through an intersection at that moment, you'd be crossing the street. Uh, and you would cross another street to get – you wouldn't cross that street. You'd cross another street to get to wherever you're going. So, um, you know, th- there's a term uh, – th- there's a psychologist. I think he teaches at Cornell, um, Daryl Bem, And I think he, what he says is that people that believe that uh, feel the future – and he's actually, and by the way, this is a psychologist. He's devoted a good deal of his career to documenting the existence of PSI, which is a, a form of uh, a telepathic communication, or what what he would call BEM, what he would call is anomalous processes of information or energy transfer that are currently unexplained in terms of the known physical and biological mechanisms. Now that's a quote from him. And so, in other words, PSI is the ability to perceive events that, that have not actually occurred. And so, uh, you know, he's tested quite a bit of those. There's a lot of, exper- uh, of experiments. And it's not all, you know, well-founded. But uh, he continues to devise methods to find out uh, how people respond or already know what, of, what was going to happen. And uh, he's also calculated the difference between practice and non-practice words. You know, participants should have a better recall for the practice words than the non-practice words, but the findings reported that, uh, and this is Bem again, participants did recall words, practice words, at a slightly but significantly better rate uh, – uh, than they did with the cognitive uh, telepathy transfer of trying to project ahead what a word is, you know. We have to wonder what kind of thinking believes in God. And now, once again, I, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm going from a psychology, just a purely psychology perspective, because it's you know it's important to be objective here. So, psychologists who study the oranges of religion, say belief in God relies on several intuitions, uh, intuitions which include uh, teleological bias, which is the assumption, once again, that certain objects or events were designed intentionally. Um, Cartesian dualism, which is basically the belief that the mind can exist independent of the body. And so to become an atheist, a person needs to second-guess the automatic ways of thinking, and so there's a number of studies that support the idea that the belief in God is influenced by cognitive style and how much of a second-guesser that you are, Um, and in the Journal of Experimental Psychology, uh, uh, Atimitai Shinev, David Rand, and Joshua Green, they all come from Harvard. Uh, they took a uh, cognitive reflection test and answered several other questions, and the number of intuitive, which is incorrect, responses they gave on the CRT was correlated with their belief in God, immortal souls, and, and whether they'd had a personal religious experience. So, it also associated with change in religious beliefs since childhood, but not with family uh, with uh, family uh, religiosity while growing up indicating the person basically has a casual relationship with their faith and their non-reflective cognitive style was another component that led their belief in god over time rather than uh, vice versa so causality by that study was was demonstrated in another experiment where people who'd been asked to write about the situation where intuition had worked well for them and where reflection had backfired indicated a stronger belief in God, compared with subjects who'd written about reflection working well and intuition failing. And, uh, you know, they, they basically induced to put faith in intuition, and the Lord appeared. Um, you know, just looking at it, supernatural beliefs can be intuitive, to a default. So, you know, people that are skeptical have to deliberate and think their own way out of their instincts. And so, you know, the studies provide more evidence into the case, so, so it's those people with greater tendency to think reflectively who deny the existence a, a, and other magical phenomenon. So everyone else, presumably the reflective thinkers too, before they reflect, just accepts that the universe has a mind of its own. Maybe we can't prove this to be wrong, but can prove this. So, you you know, what we're basically saying is we're wired to find meaning in our lives and uh, we have a predisposition that leaves you with less control over your beliefs than you may think. And the truth is, there's a lot in life we cannot control. Really, the only thing we can control is our own thoughts and our own emotions and our own values and our own beliefs. Um... Even if you're a hardcore atheist who walks under ladders and pronounces New Age uh, uh, like sewage, <laughs> you believe you believe in magic. You know, magical thinking springs up everywhere uh, from irrational beliefs like Santa Claus. They're passed on, but but others we find you know on our own, and so survival requires recognizing patterns. Uh, night follows day. Berries uh, that color will make you ill. Uh, and because missing the obvious often hurts more than seeing the imaginary, our skills are, are uh, in- in- inferring connections that are overtuned or, or uh, out there. So no one like uh, Wade Boggs at eating chicken before every single game would, would help his batting average. So he decided that on his own. And, and I don't even know if any of you know who Wade Boggs was, but uh, he's a baseball player on, uh, and he's a good uh, base hitter. And he was on the Boston Red Sox. So we look for patterns, and that was during uh, some very successful years, but they had not won uh, the World (laughs) Series yet. And so uh, we look for patterns because we hate surprises, and we love being in control. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about meaning and uh, how we place meaning on things. Come back.
0: one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit GBMFT.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology.
1: Welcome back, everybody. All right. Uh, We're talking about uh, magical thinking, uh, extrasensory perception, and God. You know, looking at uh, the need to find meaning in your life, you know, people that are under emotional stress, events of personal significance, it it usually pushes us towards magical, meaning-making type of thinking. You know, let's say we escape death uh, narrowly. And and so you keep thinking about the incident and uh, you you keep studying the phenomenon of how did I survive? And there's some events in your life you just can't explain rationally, you know, but under circumstances, some people feel like someone or something is guiding their life and helping them. Some other people think uh, that uh, something was trying to kill them. And needed to work on their aim. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of layers of belief. And, and there's a uh, Carol Nimeroff is a psychologist and she has said, and this is a quote, and the answer for many people, especially with regards to magic, is most of me doesn't believe, but some of me does. People will often acknowledge their gut reaction and say it makes no sense to act on it, but do it anyway. At other times, they'll incorporate superstition into their worldview alongside of their explanations. Um, an example of this is God puts you in the path of a uh, somebody that has a disease, but biology causes you to uh, contract the virus from their, you know, semen or from the body contact. So often we don't even register our wacky beliefs, seeing causality and and coincidence can happen even before we have a chance to think about it. And so the misfiring is sometimes perceptual rather than rational. But once again, it's trying to give us an explanation for the unexplainable. And so that helps uh, give us comfort in life. And uh, whether that is our natural Instinct, which is to have faith in things that that uh, we don't understand, um, that that can be a beautiful thing, and that can make you feel more complete and more safe in this light. Because if you don't uh, believe in the the idea that um, uh, there is a God, uh, life can be pretty depressing because you begin to always look at things from as realistic of a perspective as you reasonably can can grab onto. And basically uh, walking through life going, when I die, I die, and that's it. And so, but you still, what's interesting is people that that, uh, believe, that don't, uh, that uh, walk through life without the belief in God, oftentimes um, believe in other things similar to God and call it God. It it may be uh, alcoholism. It may be uh, a home. It may be an object. It may be a thing. It may be a... an addiction of some type, maybe sex, whatever it is, but it, it might be the object in their life that they would spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on. You know, anything in this life can be sacred. To, you know, to some people, uh, like maybe John Lennon's piano is sacred. Uh, most married people consider their wedding rings as sacred. Uh, kids with no notion of, uh, uh, you know, Sanctity will bust a a lung, uh, wailing over their lost blankie or their lost toy, and boy, I can relate to that one. You know, there's a personal investment in innate objects might, you know, delicately be called uh, sentimentality, but, you know, what else is it if not magical thinking? There's some invisible meaning attached to these things. So, when there's an essence to them, like a wedding ring or a childhood blanket could be replaced by uh, identical or near-identical ones, but those imposters just would not be the same. And that's called object relations from a psychological perspective. So, what makes something sacred is not its material makeup, but its unique history. And whatever causes us to value essence over appearance becomes more apparent at an early age. So, so uh, you know... Uh, Kids age three to six um, might be like a copy machine where, where the, the kids were, uh, you know, fine uh, taking home a copy of a piece of precious metal produced by the machine, uh, but not so with the clone of uh, Elizabeth second spoons or something that they wanted where they want the original. I mean, it, it's in many cases, the value a, of an object comes from who owned it. Or used it, or touched it. So there's a magical, uh, cont- uh, you know, a, a magical process that people put on these things that have been touched by famous people or touched by a certain people. Um, you know, eighty percent of college students in a study said there was at least ten percent chance that uh, putting on Mr. Rogers sweaters even without knowing it was his, would endow people with some of his essence and improve their mood and make them friendlier. Um, You know, Gloria Steinem actually once related a tale before she was famous. Uh, Another girl had seen her touch members of the Beatles. And in turn, the girl asked Steinem for her autograph. You know, so magical uh, contagion may emerge from our, our evolved fear of things like germs, or which uh, the essences are invisible and easily transferable and they have far-reaching consequences. You know, before humans had any concept of germ theory, we quarantined the ill and avoided touching dead bodies. Uh, And so the deep intuition that that moral or psychological qualities can pass between people is very primitive. And it comes from our past and, uh, you know, or that an object carries history with it. You know, look at museums. How popular are they? You know, people want to go and see and feel and, and touch and and uh, know they've been in the presence of things that have, have uh, gone throughout history and, and been with people that have made significant contributions to the human race throughout history. And so, you know, our uh, anything can also be cursed. You know, there's not always uh, a... A good thing when you're applying magical thinking, you know, people show stronger reactions to negative taint than to positive. You know, um, if you look at uh, like Mother Teresa could not neutralize the evil in a sweater worn by Hitler you know, uh, you know, a, a drop of sewage uh, does more to a bucket of clean water than a drop of clean water does to a bucket of sewage. So traditional uh, cleaning can't erase bad vibes either, and so you know, magical uh, con- contagion can also flow in reverse. So many people wouldn't want. An AIDS patient taking over a hospital bed that they just left or or about a third of uh, undergrads would feel uncomfortable if an enemy possessed their used hairbrush. You know, uh, so it, it basically rests on the assumption that there is no separation from space and time. And the hairbrush uh, and you, once you've used it, you're now merged with it and you don't want other people using it or touching it. And so... That's where uh, things can be cursed. They have a different meaning. And, you know, it's important. Mind rules over matter. So wishing is probably the most um, magical spell around, uh, the unreasonable expectation that your thoughts have force and energy to act on the world, which has not resisted those thoughts. So you could uh, potentially jink yourself or make a wish while blowing out birthday candles. You know, knock on wood. That that comes from you know the the um, I can't remember what which uh, uh, back back in England the pagans so that was a pagan belief and so they they were deep magical thinkers um, rituals bring good luck and so whenever uh, people uh, uh, fly they may uh, you know have to touch the plane before they leave or or uh, you know say a prayer or um, you know they may you know, do something, ritualized to believe that that's going to protect the plane from crashing. So, you know, ritual acts often, uh, especially when there's little cost, uh, when an outcome is uncertain and beyond our control and the stakes are high, uh, you know, we tend to go into the the rituals to try to help us feel more comfortable and uh, not dwell on what could happen. You know, uh, also we are, uh, look, you know, look at Adam and Eve, uh, Adam, you know, to name is to rule. <laughs> so if you're able to name things, guess what? You own them. Uh, that's why we always have to name our pets so that we are now, uh, rule that pet, you know, language's ability to dredge up associations acts on a, a like a spell over us and, uh, PJ, which helped form, the American school system, as it is, as not as it is today, but as it originated, argued that children are often confuse objects with their names, and a phenomenon he labeled uh, "nominal realism," and. Uh, And so basically after watching sugar being poured into two glasses of water and then personally affixing a a sucrose label to one and poison label to the other, people much prefer to drink the sucrose glass and will even shy away from the uh, one labeled uh, not poison or poison, sorry. So, you know, the the, the subconscious doesn't always process negatives and, and that's what he believed. And along a similar vein, the name Adolf dropped off very sharply in the 40s. I wonder why. And, uh, you know, then people also have this thing with karma. And uh, they they believe in, in, you know, this belief that things happen because they happen, you know, or they happen because that – that's what you get, <laughs> basically. But it, it, it's a belief that even things are beyond a control, they happen for a reason. And so it, the idea of karma is arbitrary pain and suffering is just too much for many people to bear. And the need for moral order may help explain the popularity uh, from this perspective of religion. And, uh, um, you know, some people are faith and, and cosmic jurisprudence. And that is something that they have to hang their hat on to make themselves feel better. Also, uh, jinxes are something that b- people believe in in the form of tempting fate. They're, they're closely related to karma, um, but basically that assuming that, that an omniscient uh, being can read our minds and strike us down for our immortality keeps us from misbehaving and thus being ousted from our social groups, from our, our attachments in life. Um, and so that's kind of what jinxes are all about. And also that, that, that the world is alive, that a lot of people believe and, that the world is uh, uh, sympathetic and the universe is sympathetic to our wishes. And they have to believe uh, that it has a mind or a soul. And uh, so some people see inanimate objects as infused with a life of force. So after watching, like, the Velveteen Rabbit as a kid, you may have wanted your own plush uh, Velveteen Rabbit to come alive. And so, you know, uh, if you asked your mom if loving some, uh, something enough will make it real, well, yeah. Look at kids with their stuffed animals. They're very real to them in many ways, and they're there to provide comfort. And so once again, that same process moves on into our adult life. All right. That's our show. I was going to go into a little bit more, but I got caught up in my own stuff. Sorry about that. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or our webpage. On voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, spending your way out of debt is like someone with herpes having unprotected sex. Also remember, if a partner claims they have ESP, remember they also have GPS and they will hunt you down. <laughs> also remember, you can't make anyone love you, but you can stock them. And uh, hope for the best. (laughs) Thanks for
0: listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.